welcome to a new episode of the Good Faith Idea Exchange. For today's episode, I'm sitting down with Christy Simmons. Now, Christy has been through some some very difficult times in her life. Um, she's had she's uh, faced some very unique challenges um, and difficulties in her life, and these are challenges that you know, in many ways, uh, some people might never recover from. But she has, and she's used, and she's used this to make herself stronger, uh, to make herself, um, she's grown from it. And, you know, these days she is a certified, um, transformational life coach and she devotes her time sitting down with others and doing all she can to help them with their problems, to help them to grow, to help them to, um, you know, better themselves and better them, better their lives and change their whole approach, their whole outlook on their own lives. So we sat down and we talked today. So give it a listen. In fact, um, I'm going to go actually back in my life before my caregiving years, because there, um, there have been a few things, a few periods when I have found myself emotionally devastated. And the first one was, you know, I, I had this really nauseatingly happy childhood. I, you know, I, I had a stable family life and although we didn't have much money growing up, I didn't really kind of realize that, you know, we were just happy and creative and, and my parents loved each other and they loved us and it was obvious and life was good. And then you grow up and you go out there on your own. And I, moved from St. Louis to Los Angeles to seek my fame and fortune as a, as an actor. And then one night I met up with a guy with a ski mask and a gun. And I'm going to let you use your imagination on the rest of that story. But the aftermath was it, it was, I had never encountered hatred like that ever. And that's, you know, that's where that comes from. The guy didn't hate me but he had a powerful hatred in him and I got to be the recipient of it. And it changed me significantly. It, after I got past, of course, the, the overwhelming ever present fear. And I guess maybe one of the ways I helped myself at least feel like I got past that at that point was I became very angry. That hatred that that I encountered from that man rubbed off on me. He gave it to me. He inflicted it on me. And now it was in me. And it was the first time I ever had felt that emotion, really. And I became this hair-trigger-tempered person. You did not even look at me wrong without feeling my wrath. You know, I would just like let fly with my anger and my, you know, feelings that everybody was wronging me. And um, I can remember I was um, I was working after I was finally able to get a job. A detail in the story is that I was uh, I was working as a building manager when this incident happened in the building I was managing, by the way. Mm -hmm. And um, 
the company was in the process of, of declaring bankruptcy and they let a lot of people go. And I had just gotten notice that, you know, I was like one of the last people they laid off, but I was, I had just gotten notice that I was being laid off. Well, when you're an apartment manager, part of your salary is your apartment too. So um, I'm losing my home. I'm losing my job. Um, I now have been assaulted. And, you know, now I'm trying to just rebuild my entire existence. I, I went and I rented a little single apartment because I, because it was all I could afford. And, and, um, and I, I can remember like sending out resumes, um, cause I desperately need to get a job, but I'm also going through all this PS post-traumatic mm. shock syndrome. Um, uh, and, and I, I sent on all these resumes and I didn't put postage on, on the envelopes. And this is again, before, you know, anything before the internet. So, you know, it was all manual. I didn't put postage on the envelopes. That's how not ready to get out into the world I was, but eventually you have to. And I did, and I got this job and, um, uh, it was with an advertising agency that was located on the second floor. We had the whole second floor of the Biltmore Hotel in downtown LA. The agency was the the first agency in the world to be a million dollar billing agency. And uh, that was pretty big stuff back in, in the early 80s. So one of the privileges we had was that we as employees of this agency could like cash a personal check at the at the um, at the counter there at the front desk at the hotel. So one day at lunch, I'm going to lunch with a friend. I said, "Oh, I need to cash a check." I went. I wrote a check out, and there was a new guy behind the counter, and he said, um, "I'm sorry, you know what room are you in?" And I said, "I'm with Shia Day," and he said, "I'm sorry, uh, check cashing privileges are only for our paying guests." Hmm. Well, I don't know. My company was paying for the whole second floor of the <laughs> of the Billmore Hotel. I think that makes us paying us. Anyway, I had a conversation with the gentleman. I wasn't gentle with it. When I was finished, I did get my money. When I was finished, I turned around. The friend I was with was across this huge lobby of this huge hotel. And I went over to her and she said, I heard him say that to you. And I just backed up because I didn't want to see what was going to happen next. And I thought, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person who, you know, jumps down somebody's throat. I could have said it a whole lot nicer. I could have said it the way I said it to you, but I didn't. I practically went across the counter at him. And I thought, I don't like myself this way. I don't like this person I have become. And a few other incidents like that happened. And I was like, I am I anymore? And I don't even recognize myself. So I decided I had to do something about it. I decided I had to find my happiness again. I had to unload this hatred, just not even unload it, disconnect from it, return to sender. I don't want this hatred that entered me, my psyche through that traumatic experience. I don't want it in me. It doesn't belong here. I did nothing to earn it, by the way. And I just want it gone from me. And I want 
to go back to being happy. And I didn't know how. And I thought about it. And and I had gone through counseling, you know, um, uh, free counseling because I was a victim of a violent crime. And and uh, and it had been great, you know. And they said, well, typically people could do this for like six weeks. I think I was in counseling for six months or maybe a year um, because it just had taken my whole world and flipped it. But even after that counseling, I just, you know, I, I wasn't happy. I wasn't a happy person anymore. So I finally just hit on, gosh, if I could just find one thing, I'm getting choked up now. This has been so many years. But if I could find just one thing each day to be grateful for, just one little thing, it doesn't have to be the parting of the Red Sea to be a miracle. You know, it can be a rosebud on a bush. And so I started, that was my task. I set myself this task for one thing every day. And it was hard at first. And, and then I, I started to kind of get it. And I started to feel a little better. If only for that moment or two, when I was reveling at what a great gift, whatever this thing was. And so then... I kind of upped it to, well, let's find two things a day. And I did that and I felt a little better twice in the day. And so then I upped it to three and then I upped it to, to four. And that was kind of at that point, you know, upping it every week. Every week I would just add another thing. And by the time I got to about five, I couldn't stop it. I couldn't stop. I didn't have to count them anymore. It was like, I'm so grateful for this and this and this and this and this. And it turned my life around. Hmm. 100% turned my life around because it turned my heart around. You know, the things that you concentrate, concentrate on are the things that you see. The Hmm. things that you concentrate on are the things that you find yourself being drawn to. And so the things that you concentrate on are then the things you are living. And if you concentrate on the hatred, if you concentrate on the sadness, if you concentrate on the pain, all of which are very real, and you're so entitled to feel those feelings, but if you decide to set up camp and live in those feelings, you're just never going to be happy again until you break camp. Until you break camp and you move to some place better, some place that feels better, that feeds your soul and allows you to go back to living. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of what I did. And then Later, you know, when when my my beautiful, wonderful pop died of cancer, I had been in L.A. for 10 years. Uh, I, I left. I decided packed and was gone in five days because within just a couple of months, gosh, there were just people in my life who were dying or dropping off the face of the earth just from the excesses of living in L.A. L.A. is a tough town. And and I I started to think I'm not that different from these people. 
I mean, I am like one, you know, person dies from, from drug addiction. Well, okay. I'm different from him in that I'm not doing illegal drugs, but I'm not different from the person he started out to be. You know, he was a nice, decent guy who just happened to take a path that was not productive or good for him or healthy for him. And it killed him, you know, and then another friend, this is, you know, back in the days, early in the the, the AIDS crisis, you know, um, uh, somebody dies from AIDS. I'm like, well, I, I, I'm a healthy, active person, you know, why was that this person and not me? Because again, very early, you know, um, it, it, before they really knew much about AIDS. And, you know, you know, just it, so we all had a nervous breakdown. And this is somebody I was living with, actually. I had a nervous breakdown that disappeared from my my, my home um, while I was out at work one day and, and um, you know, amid talk of suicide. But, well, okay, that could, once I established he was okay and he didn't commit suicide and whatever, okay. But, you know, that could have been me. Why wasn't that me? Certainly I'd been through enough and in LA to, to have sent me on that kind of spiral. So, you know, I kind of looked around, I was like, I think I'm done here. I really think I just need to get out of here while the getting's good. While I still do have my sanity, I'm going to go, I gone to NYU. Um, you know, I'm going to go back to New York, but I'm going to stop in St. Louis where I was from, catch my breath from all of this loss. And, and I did. And when I was, when I got back there, my dad was re-diagnosed with cancer and, and, um, and he decided he wasn't going to fight it. I mean, he wasn't, you know, he was going to just live his life. He wasn't going to, to, to do the medical intervention anymore. And so I was home for what turned out to be the last two years of his life. And, and I thought, you know, I'm never going to get that 10 years back that I was gone from him. And so as long as my mom was alive, I would stay in St. Louis. And, and, and she was a lot younger than what he was. And she, I'm very glad, stayed, stayed alive a lot longer. And by the time, you know, her journey was over, I had established roots and I was, and I was here. But, you know, life just takes you on these, on these journeys. And there are things that, happen. We lose loved ones. We have our brushes with, you know, in my case, uh, violent crime. We have the things that break our hearts. When my daddy died, I mean, you know, I was daddy's little girl. When he died, it was so, so hard for me. And then, gosh, however many years later that was, 30 years later, when my mom passed away, it was no easier. In fact, you know, there's, I was just talking to a friend recently about how, because she just lost her second parent. And I said, you know, each of those losses has its own kind of identity. The first one is the loss of your first parent. It's excruciating. You know, you up until that point, don't think you're going to lose, you know, you, you, that, that family unit. And then the second one is now I'm an orphan. Even in adulthood, you know, now I'm an orphan. Who am I going to turn to? I don't have my parents anymore. I don't have them to ask advice of. I don't have them to share those happy moments with. I don't have them to cry on their shoulders 
you know, who, who do I turn to? So it's really, you know, life is just such a journey. But the thing is, if we don't let those hard experiences suck the life out of our spirit, I mean, it happens, but if we don't let it happen permanently, then we can have still have a purpose in life and we can still find happiness and we can still, there's a balance, you know? Bad things happen, good things happen. And if you find your way back into the light, that's what the people who love you want for you. That's what the world wants for you. If we look at what's going on in the world right now and how touched we all are by the tragedy that's happening in Ukraine, although there's tragedy, by the way, you know, all over the world, there's tragedy in our own country in our own cities that we live in but if we look at that and we look at also the the strength and the beauty of the people in those tragic situations who somehow find a way to rise above it it's miraculous it's something to be grateful for yeah. that is part of the human spirit you know yeah it, it, it's it's definitely it, it it really is nothing short of miraculous and you know so many so many cases um well christy um that uh that pretty much uh covers um just about everything that i had for you today um okay how would uh people be able to get in touch with you if they wanted to um is there a specific uh, website is there an online presence yeah, you know what? I have to say, I am not great at the website. <laughs> so I really kind of gave up on that. But there is an online presence. It is um, uh, my my business Facebook page. My coaching business is called Your Turn to Shine, because that's what I try to do with my clients. You know, I'm going to help you to step out of the darkness and into the light where you can shine your light then on your own life and, and on the world. So your turn to shine on Facebook, you will find me there. And, you know, you can, you can shoot me a message on messenger through that. And I would love to talk to any of your listeners. And, you know, if anybody, I do coaching virtually now, the pandemic taught us how to do that. And so you know, I don't care um, if you're listening to me. I don't care where you live. We can work this out. We can do some coaching. I'd like. I'd be happy to talk to you. So um, I thank you for for this today. Um, this was uh, a great opportunity to to just you know talk about what I'm passionate about, and 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 I and I I'm grateful to you for that. All right, and this concludes my interview with Christy Simmons. Again, if you'd like to get in touch with Christy, you can reach her on her business Facebook page at Your Turn to Shine. This pretty much uh, concludes this episode. I hope you guys um, you know, got something out of it. There are plenty of people out there like Christy who are willing to sacrifice their time and their efforts, their energy to try to help and better other people and help and better other people's lives. And some of them want to do it because they've been through many of the same 
struggles that you might be facing right now, they've been through it themselves. And going through what they go through, it makes them want to help, want to help others. So, you know, in some cases, don't turn away the opportunity to, you know, to maybe understand some things that you didn't understand before, to maybe see the world in a, in a new in a new way, to see your life in a new light. Take it from me, your life can change in for, in, for the better in many ways. And, um, you know, if you're going through some really difficult times, if you're going through depression or whatever it might be, there is, uh, there is a way past that. There is a way through it. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. So uh, don't be afraid to turn away or don't be afraid to look for help and don't, you know, don't necessarily turn it away. With that, um, I have nothing more. So have a great day, everybody.